Good morning. Up on the screen are going to come some uh, Bible verses. I wonder if we could read them uh, together. Um, It's from the New Living Translation. Uh, Should we do it together? Let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God, since people won't be able to understand you. You'll be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will all be mysterious. But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. Um, for those of you who uh, visit us today on uh, Mother's Day, uh, it's just fantastic to have you uh, with us. Uh, but we've been um, uh, in a series called uh, 21st Century uh, Prophets. And, and it's this idea that we have a God who loves to communicate with us. Uh, thank Andy for sharing Uh, that little story from Bonamine. And uh, you saw a whole row of hands going up because uh, I grew up not far from Bonamine. My mum and dad still live not far from Bonamine. I used to play rugby against uh, Bonamine and usually used to lose uh, because uh, they're renowned for their their rugby. Um, But it was about five or six miles from Bonamine. I was sat um, up on the top of a mountain 41 years ago. And I still remember it as if it was yesterday. And I was sat there, and I'm looking up, and you'll have to use your imagination because it wasn't raining. Um, and I was looking up, and it was just stars everywhere. And I, I didn't know God. I didn't even know if there was a God. I was 13 years of age. But as I stared into those, that amazing galaxy... I thought, I wonder if there's a God. I I just wonder if there's a God, because I I can't believe that this just happened. But but then there's another question. That if there's a God, could I know him? And it was a huge question. Is there a God? Uh, And if there is, could could I know him? And about two years later, at the age of 15, uh, up in uh, a place called Llanamoudoy, uh, and if you're English, that's a great word to learn. Llanamoudoy, you spit at everybody. There were 15 young people, 15 million sheep. And Jesus burst into this Welsh boy's heart. I've shared the story with you. I can still smell the fire. Uh, Sue and I went over to St. Fagans yesterday, and the first time we'd been there for a while, and we, we went into one of these houses, and, uh, and the smell of the fire reminded me of the day that Jesus captured my heart. It's very moving, actually. And I took a picture of the flames that resembled the Holy Spirit as he came into my life. And uh, over that period of time, I was 15, I'm, what, 29 now? And so, um, so over, the last, over the last 
40-odd years, I've been getting to know God. He knows everything about me. There's nothing more he can learn about me. He, he knows the script. He, see, he has seen some of the most amazing catches I've ever caught. I was talking cricket last night to some boys, and I was like, I have caught some amazing catches. And I've dropped loads. I, I, I've hit some beautiful cover drives, and I, and I remember every time I was out first ball, because I've got a good memory. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that in the good, the bad, and the ugly of who is me, God knows me, and he treasures me. And when I fall, and when I slip up, when I fail, he doesn't lose patience. He just extends a hand and says, come on, boy, we've got a journey to do together. Now, I am very aware that there are people here this morning seeking God. And he's saying to you this morning, you may not know the end. Heck, you don't even know tomorrow. But I've already been there, and I want to take you with me. And I want you to trust me enough to get to know me. Because I know all about you. And this series on prophecy is all about knowing God and hearing him speak. Um, when you read the, uh, the Bible, you find that most of the Bible is what we call the Old Testament. The New Testament is quite tiny in comparison. And a huge chunk of the Old Testament is given to the book called the Prophets. And a prophet is simply a person who heard the word of God and shared it with others. And what I'm encouraging us to engage in is the fact that God has not stopped communicating to us, but that he wants to share through ordinary people like you and me so that we can bring a word of revelation into the lives of people who don't know him yet. In Borna Mine, um, uh, there's a rugby club, uh, and uh, it is a big, big part of um, the community. Uh, both my nephews uh, went to uh, the, the, uh, the little boys' rugby school, then the youth team, and then they, uh, they play for the, um, uh, the first team at, uh, at Borna Mine. Uh, and um, n neither of them have been going to church Although their mum is, uh, my sister is a, is a Christian, um, they, they didn't go to church. But while they were um, at training, uh, they met a guy called Tim. And uh, Tim loves rugby, he's a big strapping boy, uh, but he loves Jesus even more. And as he's training with them, uh, he would talk to them about Jesus. And one of the things I find so wonderful was that when Richard got married uh, back some time ago, the first person that he instinctively thought of talking to was Tim, the guy who'd been talking to him about Jesus, a guy who was just a rugby nut, but he's also nuts about Jesus. And so when they got married, they got married in a church down in Swansea, and Tim led the service, 
And Richard started going along to church, and his big brother, and he is a big brother, uh, Greg, uh, he also has started to talk about going to church. Why? Because this person who's been hearing the voice of God in his heart has been sharing it with others. As uh, Ricardo shared with us earlier, it's the greatest privilege that we have of giving people an opportunity to meet the person of Jesus. I love this book. This book has, um, has been shaping me for a lot of years. As you know, I'm a, I'm a husband. I've been married for a while. Uh, we have three kids. Um, I help lead a, a church. And I look to this book for everything in terms of guidance and, and, and wisdom. And I would say to you again, as uh, those of you who are my brothers and sisters in Christ, please, please, whatever you do, get into this book. Because this is the main way that God speaks to us. If we are wanting God to speak to us, and we are not investing in this, I don't think we really want God to speak to us. I think we're looking for some fast food from God, rather than actually getting into some choice food from him. I think it was D.L. Moody, the great American evangelist, who says, sin will keep you from this book. This book will keep you from sin. And I know, as I do personal growth plans with quite a number of you now, one of the biggest challenges for you is getting into God's word daily. And of course it's a challenge. Why? Because the, the last thing the enemy wants is for you to read a book that's going to bring you into freedom. That's going to bring you into liberty, bring you into the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And you and I know that the, 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 the longer we stay away from God's word, the weaker we get. And the more vulnerable we become uh, to the wiles of the enemy. It's one of the reasons why it will keep you away from it. So please, this morning, when we're thinking about hearing God, please remember that the foremost way that he uses to communicate with us is through his word. And as I was saying last week, that actually as we, as we hear God speak through diff different forms, we have to bring it back to here to see, does it square with scripture? Because if it doesn't square with scripture, we know it's not from God. How do you know it squares with scripture? Because you know it. If you don't know it, how can you do that? It's like hanging wallpaper and not having a plumb line. Well, it looks okay, but actually, whoa! Sue was reminding me the first time I did wallpapering when we first got married. She actually went to see our friend who was with us today and was talking about divorcing me. Because apparently I was like a bear with a sore head as I was doing it, so I don't do wallpapering anymore. That's why you come to our house, they just paint everywhere. I don't wallpaper. Just want to protect the marriage, do you know what I mean? Uh, listen to what a guy called Larry Hart says about Scripture. Um, he says, the primary way in which the Spirit communicates to us is through the Bible. Do you believe that? All other perceived communication from him should be gauged by Scripture and by the spiritual discernment of seasoned saints. God speaks to us through his word, but he also speaks to us in different ways. I call them gut feelings. I know it doesn't sound very really spiritual, but I tell you what, I listen to them. 
When God speaks, not through, I've never heard God speak audibly, but I know He's spoken to me. And the times I've ignored His voice, I, I've paid for it. And you'll know what I mean. Many of you here will know what I mean. You'll know in, inside. I was saying last week about how God communicated in the Christmas story. Uh, he used dreams. Uh, he used angels. Heck, I've used a star uh, to guide uh, people to uh, Jesus. God today wants to communicate through us in all kinds of different ways. Some of you get remarkable pictures from God. I was in a prayer meeting the other day uh, with, with the leaders, and uh, there, was this, there was this picture that one of the leaders had, and then the other leader said, I saw exactly the same thing. Not communicate, but as they shared, they said, that's exactly what I saw. So what is God saying to us through that? Lisa, who led us so beautifully this morning, I think has got a, a, a particularly anointed gift in this area. And I just encourage you, Lisa, keep going for that. Grow in confidence as God shares with you. Share with, share with us. And this is not a ministry for those people who are uh, supposed to have got an upfront ministry. This is for all of us, how God wants to communicate with us today. But, but can I say again, please don't be casual with this. God is calling us into a relationship, and God doesn't want casual relationships. Uh, the, the, the language that the scripture uses, he's called us into this marriage together, and we know that marriage requires a lot of work, because marriage can be difficult as well as joyous. It, it requires commitment, and there's a commitment required from us to actually allow God's space to talk. Okay, so the question I, I want to ask this morning is, is why is there such an emphasis um, on uh, prophecy? If you look at uh, verse 1 again, if you bring up verse 1 again, please, Steve, that would be great. It says, let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. Uh, last week I, I asked the question, what is prophecy? And uh, let me give you the uh, definition we used last week because I think it's helpful. It's a supernatural ability that God gives to believers to receive a message disclosed by him. This primarily but not exclusively is an immediate or spontaneous message that is communicated in diverse manners. The Apostle Paul tells us, desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. If we have a look at verse 3, um, in verse 3 it gives us um, some reasons why prophecy is so important. It says, but one who prophesies strengthens others. One who prophesies encourages them. One who prophesies comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. So prophecy strengthens, encourages, and comforts others. Prophecy is a gift from God to build others up. It's, it's not a toy to play with. It is a tool to, to be used by God to build. In fact, when you look at the word strengthen in its original, it's a word that was used within architecture to build a strong building, build a strong structure. And so 
Prophecy is such a major thing in God's armory because it's not intended primarily for us. It's, pro- it's used primarily through us to strengthen, encourage, and comfort others. As I was thinking about that, I was, I was thinking about um, Alpha. And uh, we, we need to do another Alpha. We haven't done Alpha for a while. We need to do another Alpha. Um, and, and as I was thinking about Alpha, I was thinking about Nicky Gumbel telling the story about his dad. I don't know if you remember it. Uh, but Nicky, um, Nicky Gumbel and his wife Pippa uh, committed Christians, beautiful Christian people. But they, their dad wasn't a Christian. Uh, how many of us are in that boat? Uh, a member of the family, not, not, not part of the kingdom yet. And, and our hearts ache for them. And Nicky's dad died. And, and Nicky wasn't sure where his dad was in relationship to Jesus. And so he found himself early in the morning before going off to, to work. Uh, he found himself asking God, God, would you please give me some peace in my heart? As to what happened my dad. Did my dad ask you to be his savior before, before he died? And he had no peace about it whatsoever. But as, as he was reading, uh, he, uh, he came across uh, these, these words from Acts chapter 2. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And he said, oh, thank you, Father. But, but what does that mean in relation to my dad? And shortly afterwards, his wife Pippa came into the room and she said, I've just been reading from the Bible, from Romans, in my quiet time, and I believe that the Lord wants me to give you a verse. And and this is what I mean about the way God uses people to strengthen, encourage, and comfort us. She said, the the verse from Romans is this. It's in Romans chapter 10. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's... String of words is only found in two verses in the whole of Scripture, in Acts and in Romans. The Lord led him to that, that morning, and in the same morning, his wife, in her own quiet time, and she said, I, I just believe in my spirit that your dad made peace with God before he died. And Nikki said, well, wouldn't that be a lovely thing? But he didn't believe it. And so as he's going off to work, uh, he caught a train that morning, and as he's coming up at the tube station, as he's coming up the tube station on the escalator, there on this massive billboard, those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. See, the prophetic uh, isn't something that is big flashing out there somewhere. It's something that's very ordinary, very everyday, about how God is able to use billboards and wives, and you and me, to speak words of strength and of comfort and encouragement into the lives of I, I don't know, but I, I just found that so moving. And as I was uh, preparing for this morning, I was, I was thinking, wouldn't it be great for us to some time for us to be able to share about how God has used others to strengthen comfort and encourage you. We may not have used the word prophetic, but that's what it would have been. Speaking those words into our lives. And maybe how God has revealed something to you that you can share with others.
I, I shared with you something deeply personal not so long back about uh, something was happening within our family, about how God had given me a promise. And then I saw that promise being fulfilled. It's things like that that so deepen your relationship with God. You see, this is not something that's abstract. It's not something that we do when we come on a Sunday. This is a vibrant relationship that happens day by day in, in communication. Those of you who've got kids, I think, how weird it would be if you didn't communicate with them. How weird it would be on, on Mother's Day if they were not communicating with you. And God is our loving Father. God is our parent. Longs to communicate with his children today. He wants to speak through you and speak through me words that are going to bring life into other people. And as you know, I've shared this with you. On Sunday mornings, I want us to get to a New Testament model where we all come hearing God and sharing what God wants to share with his church today. But then not to let that stay here, because I honestly believe that the primary way that God will use this is out there in our everyday lives on our front lines. Listen to what God is saying, and then have the courage to speak it. But another reason uh, why um, God um, gives us this gift of prophecy is to give us direction. Steve, if you can... Um, uh, move on to that. Let's have a look at these uh, verses in Acts chapter 13. In the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, uh, Manain, who had been brought up with uh, Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. And while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. This was how the godly people of old discerned the mind of Christ. Uh, and that's why where you find at the beginning of Acts that you find the apostles devoted themselves to preaching and to prayer. Because actually all they needed to do was follow the commands that God gave them as to how they were going to do mission. How they were going to do what they did. Sometimes we actually come up with all these great plans and we say to God, would you bless what we've planned? And God says, oh my goodness, if only you'd listened to me, I would have saved you a lot of heartache. Because that's not what I want you to do. It's, it's one of the reasons why as a leadership team, and I hope, hope you understand this, we, we've actually given up our agenda ages ago. And so if you think that the church seems to be rudderless at the moment, that's probably the reason why. But actually we're convinced that one of the reasons why God is blessing the church so much is that we've actually given the agenda over to Him. And we've said, Lord, we're going to come and we're just going to seek your face and we're going to pray. And that's all we do as leaders, we come and we pray. I'm incredibly proud of that decision. As you know, pride is a sin, so please pray for that. <laughs> Why? Because the most important thing for this church to do is to do what God wants it to do. The most important thing for this church is to be what God wants us to be. That's the greatest thing that this community needs from this church. But it's also the greatest thing that's needed in your life. For you to sit down, shut up long enough, 
to listen to God. And say, God, what are you saying to me? Please, God, help me to just sit here until I know what you are saying to me. Because as Lisa reminded us earlier, he's talking. He's talking. I have a really good friend. He's not in the kingdom yet, and I'm, I can't wait to baptize him, frankly. But he's got a problem with his years. He's a professional musician. And uh, he's been in too many gigs with too much noise. And so he's got this whistling in his ears. What's it called? Thank you. And um, uh, um, what's interesting, I met him in a coffee shop the other day, and uh, we sat down, we just sat down um, opposite the counter. And he said to me, Dave, please can we not sit there, because I won't be able to hear you. Because all I will be able to hear is the clatter of... And I, I, I was listening, I thought, how, how many of us have got the same spiritual condition? But what he did, which I thought was so wise, was that he said, Dave, I'm going to take you into this place over here where there are no people, I'd be able to hear you then. And I wonder, and I sense that this is from the Lord, where he's, he's actually calling you and me today to take ourselves to one side where we haven't got the clatter of what's going on, but we just purposefully put ourselves in a place where we just listen to God. And then say, God, I'm listening. A bit like Samuel, saying, Lord, I, I'm listening. What are we going to say? And as we know, as that young boy gave God the space, God was able to use him in the most dramatic way to transform a nation. I thought it was very interesting what Rick was saying earlier, just as a, as a, as a throwaway line about how uh, primary age children came forward to pray for that gift of anointing from God of leadership. I found that very moving. You see, because if we think that God can only move through adults, then we're numpties, aren't we? Because God often uses children. Why? Because they haven't put up so many barricades in their life as we have. Heck alive, some of you might be 15, 18, 20, and you've been putting barricades up for years. Why? Because you're hurt. You've had a real kick in. And you're sick of getting hurt and... And you're frightened to entrust yourself to anybody, let alone God. And God is saying, but I just want to put you in my arms. I want to heal those wounds. I want you to be able to fly and to flourish. So please listen to me. And, the, and, and our enemy will give you spiritual tinnitus so that you won't be able to hear all these beautiful words from God. You'll just hear, hear the noise that scares you. This bunch of people came together and they prayed and they sent off Saul, they sent off Barnabas. And as we know, countless people came to know Jesus because they were obedient to the call of God on their lives. Are, are we listening? Are we, are we prepared to allow God to interrupt us? Really? I mean, because we've got a life to get on with. Whose life? Well, it's not his, it's ours. Do, do, you, do you see what happens with us? We claim them to be ours, and they're a gift from His, a gift from Him. And we might give Him a bit of this, and we might give Him that, which, what, what does that do? It just salves our conscience. But, but, but it doesn't actually enable us to, 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 to walk in the fullness of the Spirit that God wants, and that's what He wants for us.
I, I remember saying to you this, and I, I know it's chocolate, and you know how much chocolate means to me. But I remember taking a whole bunch. We took 30 young people up to Cadbury's World, okay, uh, in Birmingham. If you've not been there, don't. It's rubbish. Because I expected to come with armfuls of chocolate. They gave me one little chew bar. I'm thinking, what's that all about? I've got the whole chocolate factory and I've got a tuba. This is the thing I want to say. Sorry, I was just thinking about chocolate for way too long then. We, we, we actually feel that, um, that, that we're doing okay. If we're just standing very close to Cadbury's world and we're eating a spiritual chocolate tuba when actually God's not like the management of Cadbury's world. He just wants to throw the doors open. But we're munching on our tuba. How good is this spirituality? Well, not good. See, God wants to set you free. God wants to get the chains off. But please listen to this. It really isn't for you. You see, because God has created you to live at such a time as this so that you can be a point in another person's life where you're helping to set them free. And there is this chain reaction. See what Andy shared with us earlier about that guy who's, uh, he's not a spring chicken anymore, is he? Heck alive, he's older than me. But what is God doing in that man's life in that community? Wow. What does God want to do through us in the place where we are, on our front lines? Wow. But it comes back to this. It's about prophecy is so important because that's where we hear what God says and that's when we act. We see, because hearing's one thing, doing's quite another. Running out, running out of time, but let me share um, one more example. And uh, I think it's on the slide. Um, from Acts chapter 16. Is it there? Is it there? Uh, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. I find that interesting, isn't it? Being kept by God. How do they do that? I'm not quite sure. But that's what it says. And when they came to the border of Mycenae, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus wouldn't allow them to. How did that happen? I don't know how that happened, but it happened. See, prophecy, being in tune with what God is saying. But what I find really funny about this is that they were still going, and actually they were going in the wrong direction, and God says, oh, I've got to stop you now. Because that's the kind of God we are. We don't have to be paranoid that we're going in the wrong direction. God has wonderful breaks. And he applies them in our lives. For some of you who are terrified to do anything, that's not from God. That's from the other guy. God says, go. And if you're seeking me as you go, I'll stop you if you're going in the wrong direction. So in verse 8, they passed by Mycenae and uh, went down to Troas. And during the night, see again, the way God speaks, uh, not through Scripture this time. And as you know, Paul is a man of Scripture. He wrote a lot of it. The other night, Paul had a vision. God spoke to him. 
a man of Macedonia, standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. And after Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding, concluding what? That God had spoken. Through a dream. Through a vision. I don't know, I love that. I love that heart. See, being so intimate with God, God, just speak. Will you speak? Each day, how are we saying that? God, will you speak today? Will you speak? Would you give me words today? Would you give me words today that might strengthen, encourage, comfort others? Lord, would you speak? Would you guide me? Show me the way that you want me to go, Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you speak. And thank you that you've been speaking to us this morning through different ways, through different people. Help us to respond to you. In Jesus' name.